In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. gentlemen welcome to the show come on in take your shoes off set a spell i'm jake johnson and this is untethered live on a sunday night sunday night means bible studies we're getting deep in the weeds tonight starting a brand new book the book of joshua the book of joshua we're beginning the war part of the coming into canaan but i want to talk briefly about the first five books that we've already read this is known as the Pentateuch, or the five books of Moses, the books that Moses writ, wrote. This book is starting with the author Joshua. So, I want to just give a brief overview of what those five books are about. And just so you know, Genesis is about creation. It's about the beginning of everything. Exodus is about salvation. It's about saving God's people from sin that was created in Genesis. Leviticus is the book of the law, and it's about sanctification. It's about making holy that which is unholy. The book of Numbers is about wandering, wandering in the desert, wandering away from God, wandering to and fro, and then being brought back together for Deuteronomy, which is about the covenant. That's the promise of God to Abraham, Isaac, to Jacob, and to all of the people that came from his seed, which are all the people that were brought out of Egypt. So, creation, salvation, sanctification, wandering, covenant. And that's the way the whole Bible works. Every book in the Bible follows this pattern. God always saves and then sanctifies before he asks you of something. He does the work first. He is the one who initiates, which is why you have the free will to make that choice. So that's where we're at, and we're starting in Joshua. Let's see how that goes. And, uh, you know, we can get into a deeper discussion about the rest of the books of the Bible and what they're about, but we'll do that some other time. Now, let's go over to the chat. Bubby Watts, what's happening, brother? Good to see you. Been a while. Glad you dropped by. Nothing's really different here. Same stuff, different day. How are you doing? How are things? Kevin, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. Y'all come on in, take your shoes off. I say that way too much, I know. Sorry. Got some good stuff coming tonight. Hope I hope we have a big crowd. We had a big crowd uh, Friday night. Actually, got a bunch of new subscribers that night. It's very nice. Thanks to Jeannie. 
doing a little work and listening to you. That's what I'm doing, buddy. Doing a little work, trying to listen to you. Which is what we should be doing on a Sunday night. Actually, we should be resting, but that's Saturday, not Sunday. How's April doing? Good, I hope. She going to be here a little bit later? Also been going to church, too. Congratulations, Bubby Watts. That's fantastic. I'm glad you're going to church. Fab Daddy, what's up, buddy? Come on in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Maybe we'll have a bunch of people show up tonight. I'm going to do my thing. You know what that is, what that's like. Poor Snarkin's ass. All she wanted was to hear some Star Trek commentary. She got more than she bargained for the past couple of podcasts. I apologize about that. April is at the house. Does that mean she'll be joining us? Been trying to go with my mom most of the time. I would give anything twice over to go to church with my mom. Cherish it while you can, my friend. Everything I had, I'd give it away in a nanosecond, which I don't have much, but what I got is mine. I don't owe anything on anything, and uh, I'd give it away in a heartbeat. Oh, Fab Daddy, I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. God be with her, and I'm sure that he'll accept her with open arms if she doesn't surprise everybody and keep right on going. I'm sorry. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Bubba Watt says, I'd go alone if I had to, but it's much better with Mom. Yeah, everything's better with mom. I've never been a mama's boy, but my mom was my best friend. You know, I spent all my time with her by choice. She didn't tell me what to do or how to do it. I led my own life, but she was definitely my best friend, and I miss her. A lot. More than I care to admit. They also have a young adults program, which helps me know about the people who are around my age. How old are you, Bubby Watts? I don't know why, but I thought you were older. But if you're a young man, heck, you got your whole life ahead of you to make all kinds of mistakes. We'll be here for you. Twenty. Wow. Wow. You go, boy. Live it up. Keep going to church. Keep your head in the book, and you'll do fine. You hear me? Don't ever let anything come before that. Because you can, and it's real easy. In fact, it's very easy to let something come ahead of that, but just don't. Just take the extra step to make sure that you get that, your head in that book at least once a week, once a day if you can pull it off. You don't have to read much, just a little. 
You don't even have to read the book. You can come to the podcast like this one and listen to me read it. You can do that. It work it, as long as it's getting in there. Nobody cares if you're holding the book or not. College student, remember? I do remember. I don't. I just don't know why I thought you were older than twenty. When did your mom pass? If you don't mind answering, I don't. I'm an open book. I'll answer any question anybody asks me or do my best trying. And she died in 2015. And then in 2016, my dad blew his brains out and I had to clean that up. So it was a rough couple of years. More happened, but I don't want to talk about that. That's intensely personal. Not that I wouldn't answer the question, but it involves people underage and they need to be in you know, another conversation. Dana, you made it. I knew you would. Come on in. Welcome. How are things in the Czech Republic? I'm sorry about that, Jake. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I'm not, I'm not sorry in the slightest because my mom was a good woman. She lived a good life. She died too soon for sure. I'm sorry about that. But I know where she's at. And by the way, it fell on me to put her in the ground. I didn't let anybody have that job. I did that. My dad, too. And uh, I wasn't about to let anybody step in and do that. That's my job. I'm their son. I put them in the ground. And I know where both of them are. And judging by the people that they were, I'm happy with that. My dad was not a good man. My dad was not a good man either. Ceiling fan man, what's up, buddy? I know how you feel, Jake. My father was my best friend, too. It's a beautiful thing. It's it's wonderful to be able to say that because so many people, especially nowadays, they just cut ties with their family like it don't matter. It matters. Family matters. And if you can stick with them, stick with them. And any woman that would look at you and say, you love your mama, so you are a mama's boy. That woman ain't worth your time because that woman doesn't understand that you are representing how you will treat her. Simple as that. He committed adultery when I was 14. Yeah, my dad did some things too that I'm not proud of for in, on his behalf. But... He wrestled with those demons, and they got the better of him. Now it's between him and God, and I'm okay with that. I'm not happy about it, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> Love your family. Cherish your children. Make babies if you can, if you haven't already. And let's uh, keep this world going. That's what we're supposed to do. Love God above all, and read that Bible. Or listen to me read it, which is what we're going to do tonight. As I said before, a lot of you weren't here, so I'll say it again. We just finished the first five books of the Bible. That's known as the Pentateuch. The first five books are Moses' books. Moses wrote or edited those books. At the very least, he might have written the first three and edited the last two. I don't know, but... He was involved with their creation. Now we're moving into Joshua. But the first five of the books of Genesis, uh, of the Bible, are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. 
The first book is about creation. The second book is about salvation. The third book is about sanctification. The fourth book is about wandering. And the fifth book is about the covenant, the covenant of God to man. God always saves you and sanctifies you before he asks anything of you. It's right there, black and white. And I can tell you, that's the way it works all throughout the Bible. Creation, salvation, sanctification, wandering, getting lost a little bit in the weeds, and then coming to the covenant, the promise of God. That's what we're here to discuss. Oh. I know it's the last verse of the Bible, but I will be looking forward to the book of Revelations. The last book of the Bible, yes. I'll be looking forward to it, too. There's some heavy stuff in Revelations. We'll get to a little something before we get Revelations called the book of Daniel, which is in the Old Testament, which is basically Revelations in a nutshell. It's There's a lot of parallels between the two books. They're not about the same thing by any stretch of the imagination. But the things that they're talking about are the same things. So maybe that'll help. We'll get to that one first. April, good to see you, sweetheart. Come on in. How you doing? I meant book, not verse. I got you. Caucasian Sasquatch, what's up, my brother? I started to pop in and see you last night, but I figured I wouldn't crash your party. A dog named Boo. A dog named Boo. What's up, buddy? Come on in. Got a good crowd showing up tonight. Excellent. I'm just going to shoot the breeze for a couple more minutes and we'll get started. Just give everybody a chance to roll in. How's everybody doing? You guys doing all right wherever you are in your perspective parts of the world? Good, I hope. I hope you're being blessed. I hope that you're beginning to see that if you put forth a little bit of effort towards God, that he'll come back towards you a little bit too. I hope you see that. Oh, Caucasian, do me a favor. Next time you talk to Snarkin' Sass, apologize on my behalf and tell her I promise I'll put together a Star Trek episode just for her because I know she don't like the whole Bible thing. It'll be on a Wednesday or a Friday, but I'll do it. Lizarine. Is that Lizarine or Lizarine? I've been looking forward to this all day. Well, come on in. I'm, I've been looking forward to it, too. Do you think one of the reasons that people, says Bubby Watts, do you think one of the reasons that people are becoming non-believers is because people are trying to rewrite the Bible? No. You can't rewrite the Bible. It's written in such a way that if you change anything, the whole thing falls apart. Let me explain something to you. And I know you probably already know this, but I'm saying it for edification, not for trying to tell you how to think. Right. Understand that. The Bible is not a book. It's a library. It has 66 individual books written over a period of about 2,500 years. It's 4,500 years old from the first books of the Bible to now, which were written shortly after creation. I don't know how long after a couple of hundred years, but not much. So what does that mean? 
This book was written by individuals who never met each other, who didn't know each other existed, who had no idea what each other thought or what they planned or what they schemed or what their lives were like. They were in different parts of the world in different times on the timeline. And every single book in the Bible not only connects to every other book in the Bible, but it tells a through-line story from start to finish in chronological order, while at the same time jumping all over the place. It's one bloodline from start to finish. You can't do that any other way. That's not a thing men can do. You can fake it. You can get close, but you can't do it. The Odyssey doesn't do that. There is no book in existence that does. The Bible is the only one. That's how you can measure its authenticity, because it backs itself up. And if you know anything about history, you know these books were not written at the same time. They were compiled over generations, collected old, old, old things, brought into the future and put into a compilation for us to have a guidebook and that's basically what the Bible is, is a handbook to life. It has the answer to every question askable in it. Men can't do that. We're not smart enough to do that. So that's not the problem. The reason the nation is becoming non-believers, and that ain't just the nation, it's the whole world, is because we're getting close to the end time. I don't know how far it is away. I don't know when it's coming. I'm not making any predictions, but I can tell you that there are things that are happening now that are written in the Bible, and they are happening verbatim. It's happening. We are square in the tribulation right now. We're talking about it while we're living through it. The locust army is on the earth right now. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means we're coming to the end. And what does Revelation say? There'll be a remnant of God's people. That's a little sliver, a little tiny group of people that still believe in God. Everybody else, false gods or strong delusions. And then we'll have a thousand years to fix that. But we're getting there. Anyway, Walter Davis, good to see you, buddy. Driving and listening. Excellent. Keep your eyes on the road and your ears open. We're going to do some good stuff tonight. Bubby Watt says, I get that, Jake, but I feel that people have been trying to change the way Christianity is what I meant to say. I'm not, I'm basically saying that there's a lot of fake Christians out there. You are correct, sir. I'm not one of them, but there are. And you got to be careful because people will trick you easy. That's why I say on this channel, don't listen to any man, especially this one. Let me guide you, sure, but you check it out for yourself. You open the book and read it, and if it don't square with anything I say, then you come back and tell me I'm wrong. And we'll argue about it because I believe what I believe. But we'll get there. And if I'm wrong, I'll change the way I think because <laughs> that's the way you're supposed to do it. Basic instructions before leaving Earth, says Ceiling Fan Man. Amen, brother. I'm not trying to argue with Oh, I know that. I know that. I'm just trying to answer your question to the best of my ability, and that's the answer. Dana says, the Bible, King James, can't be changed. That's right. Yet they are printing new translations and twisting and perverting the original. This is what they do. That is what they do. If you want to do an interesting study, <coughs> excuse me, look into the scribes 
and the Pharisees mentioned in the Bible and find out who they are. Christ identified them. He said, you are of your father, the devil. And he was talking to the Pharisees. What does that mean? Whose father is the devil? That would be Cain mentioned in Gen Genesis. He also called them a, a den of vipers, he called them snakes, because that's what they are. They're from the serpent. And those people are the people in that modern time that do all the writing and the reporting and the record keeping. That's what a scribe does, what a Pharisee is. It's a biblical lawyer, basically. And Christ identified them correctly. Amen, says a dog named Boo. What version of the Bible do you have? King James Version. April says, yes. All right. It is 822. We need to get started. Let's go down, shall we? Welcome to the uh, book portion of the show. Oh, I need a book. There it is. <laughs> if you have your Bibles handy, crack them open to that great book of Joshua. Chapter 1, verse 1. That's where we left off, and that's where we're going to pick up. Let's get going. Five, six, seven, eight. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. Who was Joshua? He's a great warrior, but he was also Moses' minister. Son of Nun. Nun was the name of his mother. Saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. What land is that? That would be Canaan. Look at a map. Canaan is what, they used, what they'd call now the West Bank in some of that area, if I'm not mistaken, my geography. But it used to be its own country, Canaan. Now it's part of another country, and a, a little sliver of it's in Jerusalem. Uh, but the Jordan River is the divider line. Eleven tribes went over the Jordan River, and a half a tribe. And the other half stayed on that side of the Jordan River. They didn't want to be any part of that, so they fell out of favor for a while. They came back together in the end, but for a while it was only eleven and a half tribes. But it's now twelve again. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you as I said unto Moses. Everywhere you walk, it's yours. Just go take it, and I'll have your back. April says, absolutely, it's definitely time for families to come together and love each other, not be against one another. That is true. Good luck. <laughs> From the wilderness and this Lebanon, which is the place of the trees, the high, tall cedar trees, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Go find a map, find the Jordan River and the river Euphrates, and everything in the middle, that's Canaan. And all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, that'd be east, by the way. Is it west? Sun rises in the east, sets in the west. Sorry, my bad. My brain is fried. Forgive me. 
All of that land shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. This is a promise from God, by the way, talking to the 12 tribes of Israel, saying, no matter where you go, no matter how hard you have to fight, no matter what you have to endure, no matter what comes your way, I will not fail you and I will not forsake you. I will have your back, says God. That's a powerful promise, and he keeps it. Be strong and of good courage. These words are um, parroted by Jesus also. He says, to fear not nor be dismayed. Same phrase. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. That would be Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. Jacob. It'd be Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe and do according to all the law. What law? The law mentioned in Leviticus. Which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. It's also mentioned in Deuteronomy. Not only is the law mentioned, so are the blessings if you follow the law and the curses if you do not. So if you really want to know what God expects of you, read Deuteronomy by yourself. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left hand, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. If you follow the law, whatever you do, you will prosper. That's the truth. There are ways of living. There are things you can do. Being humble is one of them. Being a hard worker, having a work ethic, um, following the rules to some extent, the rules of God, not the rules of man, unless they conflict. Follow the rules of man unless they conflict with the rules of God, and then you choose to follow the rules of God, and you will always prosper in everything you do. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now, this is just for the 12 tribes of Israel. It's not for everybody. The reason that they wanted them to do this, though, was to get it committed to memory because that's how you commit things to memory. You meditate on it day and night. You think about it. You repeat it over and over and over again. The reason he wanted them to have it memorized is so that they could teach it to their children and pass it on, because from those 12 tribes of people, great nations will come up, some that exist to this day, some that have perished. But of those great nations, the reason we're talking about it today is because they memorized it then. Had they not memorized it, it would have got lost like everything else. Yes, West. I apologize about that. Rises in the... Yeah. Shut up, Jake. Who cares if the sun goes around the moon or the moon goes around the sun? I've got things to solve right now. Sherlock Holmes. <clears throat> Meditated on it day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. You want prosperousness and success? Follow the law. It's very simple. 
Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither thou be dismayed. Same phrase, twice, for emphasis. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Think about that. Wherever you are, God's there too. Yes, Dana, in the new translations, they removed 12 verses from the book of Mark. Strategic removal. Do you know what was in those 12 verses? Do you know what, what they removed? The Bible has 678 verses in the book of Mark. Yet, dot, dot, dot. April says, much love, prayer for Abdaddy and his, fam and his lady friend. And his lady friend is in my prayers. I have to read past the uh, doodles. The new perver perversions have 666 verses. Interesting, that number. Concerning a book talking about Christ. 12 verses from the Word of God. Coincidence? I think not. All right. What they removed was the blood of Christ. They removed the blood that covereth the sin. Why did they do that? They also removed the soul portions. They did that because they want to make it hard for you to understand how to be saved. It's okay that you know the history. They don't want you to know the secret to salvation, which is to believe in Christ. And why would you believe in Christ? Because he shed blood to cover your sins, because he became the sacrifice. Remember in the old days when they used to kill animals to sacrifice and atone for blood, the blood to atone for sins? Christ did that himself so that all sin would be covered. They don't want you knowing that part. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare your victuals or your, your drinks and your food. For within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. Three days we're going to battle, folks. Get your stuff together. Get enough water, get enough food, get, get enough cattle, whatever you need. Get your weapons sharp. Get your loins girded and your shoes on. It's time to roll. That's what he's saying. And to the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to the half-tribe of Manasseh. Remember, Manasseh, half of them wanted to stay back. Half of them wanted to, because they crossed plains and they thought, well, this is a good place for cattle. Let us build our houses here. That way we ain't got to go over there and, you know, get killed. And Israelite basically said as a whole, okay, you want to live here instead of where God sent us? Fine. But if you don't fight in that battle, you're not only not going to live here, but we're going to kill you pretty much. So you got to go fight in the battle and then you can come back. You can leave your women and your cattle here and your children, but you're going to fight because all of us takes 12 tribes to win this war. So they got their cake, but they didn't get to eat it. They got to live on that side of Jordan, but they still had to go to war as long as there was war to fight. <laughs> so to the half-tribe of Manasseh and to the Reubenites and the Gadites, spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, 
The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. He has given it to you. You didn't have to build it. You don't have to go in and build cities. They're already there. You don't have to build houses. Just go pick one. You don't have to cultivate land. It's already growing. Everything that you want is there. Riches, money, food, crops, cattle. It's all there. Just go get it. You just got to run the people that are in there out. Their absentee landlord is their false gods. And they are tenants in my building, says God. And there, it's time for them to get kicked out. So that's what happens. Now, why? Why would God do that? Why would God send in the Israelites to kill a bunch of innocent people that didn't do anything to anybody? They're, the clue is in the question. They're not innocent, and they're not people. There are nine tribes living in Canaan. I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but I'm sure they'll list them later. Uh, the Hivites, the Amorites, the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the, you know, that whole list. Hittites. They're not people. They're descendants of fallen angels that came down at Mount Horeb years before. They are not the Nephilim, but they are the offspring of the Nephilim. The Nephilim are the fallen ones, the ones that came down. These are the product of them mating with people. They're not human beings. They do not belong on this earth, which is why God wants them murdered. They, they're not supposed to be here. And they've inhabited this land, and the Bible says that they had day and night, all they thought about was violence, that their appetites were insatiable. You couldn't fill them up with the hunger and the bloodlust and the carnage that they reaped on the land, so much so they were eating themselves. Think about that. Yes, God had them destroyed for the most part. A few survived, but most of them, they were definitely defeated. So when you think an atheist is talking to you about how vindictive and hateful God is, how he murders people, you tell them he don't murder people. He murders things that don't belong here. These are not people. Look it up if you think I'm wrong. Your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of Jordan, talking to the half-tribe of Manasseh. But ye shall pass over before your brethren, armed all the mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord hath given you brethren rest as he hath given you. And they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God hath given them. Understand that these people are not getting away with anything. They thought they were the half-tribe of Manasseh. They thought, we'll just stay here and avoid the war. Uh-uh. No, every able-bodied man among you is going over that river whether you walk over it or you're carried over it, you're going over that river and you're going to fight until they possess that land and they have the rest that you have over here in the peaceful part of the world. You want to know why that land is still in conflict to this day? There's a reason for that. It's because they didn't listen to God. But they did for a while. And we'll read on. 
Then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of Jordan towards the sunrise. That's the east side or west side or east side. I've lost my damn mind. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. Uh, I know you will, because if you don't, we're going to pick you up and take you. Simple. According as we hearkened unto Moses in all things. Not all things. I remember a time when he walked up in a mountain for a couple of days and you started making false gods. Remember that? So you don't actually mean that you hearkened unto everything Moses said because that's not true. So, we will hearken unto thee, unto Joshua. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. And that part's true. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words and all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. I'm just telling you that anybody that rebels against what I'm telling you to do, uh, I'm going to kill them. But just be, be of good courage. Don't, don't be afraid. Just get ready for war and let's go. But if you rebel, you got to answer to me. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into the harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Rahab is very important. She, um, she'll come to play later. Rahab was one of the women that God uses. I know a lot of women seem to think that God is a, a patriarchy and, you know, the Bible's against women because somewhere it said they shouldn't talk in church, nor should men by that way. But oh, God used women all the time, and I'll point it out every time he does it. Just to prove that point, women are very important to the ministry of God. So these spies, I guess it's two men, they left, they broke away from the ranks and went on into the land of Canaan, into the, I guess they went to Jericho, and they found this prostitute. Now, this Bible calls her a prostitute. I don't know if she was a prostitute. This woman was involved in business. She made, uh, what's the word? What do you call it when you make swatches of cloth? Can't think of the word. Uh, textiles. She was into textiles. She made blankets and such. And she was a successful businesswoman. Now, why they call her a harlot is anybody's guess. She may have been a harlot. Or she may have been a rich woman that people hated because she was successful. I don't know which. But be cautious of words like harlot. <laughs> and it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither, Tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. So they're not getting away with anything. You understand? They got spotted as soon as they crossed the border, and the king knew about it before they got to Rahab's house. So they didn't get away with it. <clears throat> 
And the king, Jer- the king of Jericho said unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee. So they even know where they went. Bring forth the men that came to thee, which are entered into thine house. For they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I was not whence they came or whence they were. I don't know where they went. They were here. Now they're gone. That's what they're saying. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate when it was dark that the men went out. Whether the men went, I wot not. So she's still concocting her uh, alibi here. She's saying, I went out to close the gate, and I came back in, and they were gone. I have no idea what happened to them. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. They didn't leave that long ago, so you should be able to catch them wherever they went. So send men out in every direction and go find them. Meanwhile, they're hiding in Rahab's house. So she did a good thing by protecting these men. Why did she protect them? I assume it's because she is a woman of God. And she recognized them to be men of God and protected them. That's the only reason I can think of for an enemy whose country you're about to overthrow would protect you. But she had brought them to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. Now, what is that flax? I don't know exactly what it is, but I know what it turns into. And it turns into the stuff that you make um, looms out of. So this is one one piece of evidence that says she was a business person, not a prostitute. Why else would she have her stuff laid out on the rooftop, drying out, ready to be made into something else? Flax, I assume, is oily or sticky of some kind. That's what flax usually is, flux, same word. Flax seed, you could think about it as flaxseed oil. I don't know. I don't know what it is, what a stalk of flax looks like. Do you know? Let me know if you do. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. The fjords. That's a fjord, by the way. That's a Viking territory, the fjords. And as, <laughs> sorry. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. She shut the door behind them as they left. Didn't give them a chance to turn around and look back because those men were on her roof while they were in the house talking to her. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. See, it's already common knowledge. And that your terror is fallen upon us. In other words, I know we're about to get raided by your army. I know that you're going to win. I know that the Lord has blessed you with this land and we're about to lose it. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. They're terrified. They've heard about you coming since you left Egypt or left that area. We're not fools here. We know what's coming. Not everybody are bad guys, by the way. Just the, 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 the families that have set root in this place. There are strangers in this land. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto two kings of the Amorites on the way. 
that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. Remember, they didn't start that fight. They came to the king and said, hey, we're coming through. Will you let us walk through on the main road? We won't turn to the left or the right. We won't drink your water. We won't stop and buy food. We're just trying to pass through. And the king of Sihon said, nope, you can't come through here. And when they went to go around, the king of Sihon came out to fight them. He picked a fight with them, and they stomped his tail and went through his country anyway. And then they came to the king of Og and did the same thing, asked for permission to go through, and he wouldn't let them. And when they turned to go around, he came out to attack them. And uh, it ended the same way. And those two kings were utterly destroyed. That's the land of the Moabites, by the way. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. And that's a fact, ladies and gentlemen. And even people that don't know God know that. They may protest. They may claim to not be believers of God. They may claim to be atheists, but they know. They know because it's self-evident. Look around. Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token and that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. I have been good to you. I'm asking you to be good to us and give us a promise that we can count on. And that's what they did. And they kept their word. And the men answered her, our life is yours. That's a blood covenant. One life for another life. Our life is yours. If ye utter not this our business, if you don't tell anybody we were here what we're doing, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us this land, we will deal kindly and truly with thee, meaning your whole family. And they did, by the way. They kept that promise. Then she let them down by a cord through the window now, this is a little bit of a misnomer. Understand, they're in Jericho, and this woman's house is on the wall of Jericho. There were houses built into the wall. So by window, they mean portal on the outside of the wall. And she dropped a rope for them to go down the wall of Jericho. So just try to picture this like a living in a tower in a castle. You know what I mean? The wall has little buildings, little apartments in it, and that's where she lived probably on the top part because they were on her roof. So apparently there's more than one level to the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountains, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there for three days until the pursuers be returned. And afterwards may you go your way. So go over to the mountains as quick as you can and hide there. And three days later you can leave because they'll be back. And the men said unto her, we will be blameless of this, thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Well, there's two ways you can look at that. <laughs> we'll be blameless of this oath that you made us swear. 
<coughs> doesn't sound very uh, appreciative, does it? Nonetheless, they made an oath and they kept it. So they may not have been happy about it, but they kept it. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. The same window we came out of, take this thread and put it in your window so we know you're there and gather everybody together in that house. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and all thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. Bring them all to your house. Have a big Thanksgiving dinner, but make sure that piece of thread, scarlet, red, is hanging in your window. So when we come in and kill everybody, we'll skip your house. And it shall be that whatsoever shall go out the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head. Don't let anybody leave this house is what I'm saying. And we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our heads. If anybody comes in this house and hurts them, we will take the punishment for it. If any hand be upon them. So he's given her a solemn promise here. As long as your people stay in your house and the door stays shut, nobody in here is to get hurt. However, if anybody steps foot outside, that's not my fault because we're here to kill everybody. Pretty easy. Was a harlot also, a.k.a. a whore, she was forgiven, or was she forgiven? Again, I'm not entirely sure she was a whore. But yes, a harlot is a whore, somebody that sells their body for money. The oldest profession there is. I don't think she was a whore. I think she was a businesswoman, and I think she was successful. She lived in what's equivalent to the bourgeoisie place. She lived in the wall of Jericho. That's an expensive apartment, even by those metrics in those days. You know, that's highfalutin living. Whores don't live in the wall. They live down in the streets. You see what I'm saying? Or in tents. So she had her own house and she had a business that involved whatever flax is. But there's another place that talks about her being a textiles person. So anyway, my point is, I don't think she needed forgiveness for that. I think she did a good thing by protecting these men of God who came to look at the country and see what they were up against. And I think God protected their family because of that. You're going to find out something very interesting a little bit later on. You know, when Israel got to Jericho, they didn't storm the place. They walked around it for seven days, stomping their feet, shouting. And then they blew their trumpets and the walls came crumbling down. The wall that her apartment was in. There has been... Uh, excavations done of Jericho and there is literally one segment of wall that did not come down and it had an apartment in it think about that one piece of wall did not fall everything else did let's see where I lost my place hang on and if thou utter this business of ours then we will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made unto us, made us, made to us, made us to swear. I'm not having a stroke. I can talk. This is a very strangely written book. 
And she said, according unto the, your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window immediately, because she don't know when they're coming. So as soon as they left, she had that scarlet in the window, making sure she's protected. And she said, oh, I read that one. And they went and came into the mountains and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. They weren't in the way. They were in the mountain. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain, passed over, meaning they went over Jordan again, back towards where Joshua was, and came to Joshua the son of Nun and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. They all know we're coming, and they're all terrified. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. Now they're ready to cross over. He and all the children of Israel, that's all 12 tribes, or 11 and a half, and then the other half ready for war, and lodged there before they passed over. So they made camp at the river. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Now, this is how this battle goes. Anytime the Israelites were told by God to go to battle, they won. But this is how they went. The Levites, which are of um, Moses' brother Aaron, he was a Levite, and all of his offspring and anybody that's from the tribe of Levi is a Levite. They were, they were um, tasked by God to be the bearers of the Ark of the Covenant. Anybody else that touches it dies. You can't touch it. You're not even supposed to look at it directly, but you can't put your hands on it. Only the Levites can touch it, and they carry it on poles. So what happens is, is the Levites, which are priests, not warriors, they go into the front line. They're in the beginning of the army with the Ark of the Covenant, and they walk forward, and the rest of the army comes behind them. They follow that Ark, and everywhere that Ark goes, the battle is won. I wonder how that is, because God is awesome. That's how that is. They did choose to go a few times, three times that I can think of without God's permission, and they got their asses handed to them every time. They lost every time. Only go to battle when God tells you to. So wherever you see that ark going, you follow after it, and you don't move until you see it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Stay a few car lengths behind it. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. You don't know where you're going, so stay within sight of it. But stay back. Don't get too close to it. Why? Because it's a powerful device. Powerful. It's holding God. It's his throne on earth. It's the mercy seats on top of the Ark of the Covenant. That's how you know for a fact 
that God was with them because they were carrying his throne. So what Josh was telling them is stay inside of the ark, but don't get too close. But because you don't know where you're going, keep the ark in sight. <laughs> and Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves, clean yourselves up, get ready, make yourselves holy and presentable. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. You do not want to be dirty when you're in the presence of God. You do not want to be deformed when you're in the presence of God. This was covered back when we were talking about the tabernacle and all the different things that went on in the tabernacle and who could be there and who shouldn't be. You don't want to have touched anything dead when you're in the presence of God. You want to be sanctified and clean and forgiven of your sins. God don't like filth. And he says, tomorrow God will do wonderful things in your presence. So sanctify yourselves. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people so that everybody can see you going. Go right past them and then cross over Jordan River. And when they see you go past, they'll follow you. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day I will begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Joshua was a special character. His name is Joshua, by the way, which is the same name Jesus Christ bore. Yeshua, same name. And in a lot of ways, Joshua is a type of Christ. Pretty much the same storyline in different area, but same principles are applied. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. Why? Because Jordan is a holy river, and he wants them to stand in it and be washed by it. And probably because God likes rivers. I don't know. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither to hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. That's them. They're not people. They don't belong there. God wants them dead. Them, their wives, their children, their cattle, and their houses, and their gold and silver. All destroyed. He don't want you to keep any of it. Get rid of it all. It's all tainted. Why is God so against these immortal beings that don't belong here? Well... That appetite I told you about. These people, first of all, are involved in Baal worship and Ashtaroth worship and any number of other false gods. They're passing babies through fire. Basically the same thing that's going on in Planned Parenthood around the world. But they're sacrificing the child for the sake of the parent. They're involved in bestiality and homosexuality and all manner of depravities. They're eating flesh in some areas. 
not all of them, but some of them were cannibalistic. And above all, they have genetic material in their veins that is not human being, homo sapiens sapien. These are not people God created. You understand the significance of that? This is God's house. This is his toy house. He does with it what he wishes. You are God's created being. You don't belong to you. You belong to him. Therefore, anything he deems necessary is his prerogative. You are his property. These people are not. He didn't put them here. They are his property because he created the angels also, but they left their habitation. They rebelled against God. They came to earth and mated with human beings, and this is the offspring, the product of that, the very reason God destroys this world with a flood in the first place because of their existence. They don't belong here. God said it grieved him in his heart that he had created this thing, and he just wanted to wipe the slate clean and destroy it all and start over. The only people he could find on earth that were not tainted by these people were Moses's family. I mean, uh, Noah's family. Sorry. How many people was on Moses's ark? None. It's Noah. Anyway, Noah and his children were the only people on planet earth that were not tainted by these fallen angels by that time. That's why he chose them to create the ark and save themselves. You understand? That's the reason behind it. Most people don't realize that. That it says right there in the scripture that these people walked upright with God and they were the only ones. Everybody else at some level were tainted or touched by these fallen angels, these these offspring of the 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 Geber, the people that were there were giants in the earth in those days, men of old, men of renown. Who do you think they're talking about? Greeks call them the Titans. But that's who we're, we're talking about. The men of renown. The men of old. The big men. Well, some of their, buddy, their, their offspring were pretty big boys, too. Am- Anak, where we get the word Anunnaki which is the Sumerian word for these people, sons of Anak. He was a pretty big boy also, and his children were. We're talking 12, 13 feet tall, big boys, two rows of teeth, six fingers on each hand, like Goliath and his brother, who were at that time the last of that kind on earth, him and his brother. There was also a king called Gog and another one called Magog, who were giants, Uh, Some people think that um, a couple of the Egyptian pharaohs were giants. There were a few scattered about even after the floods, what I'm saying. They didn't all die in the flood. Some of them remained. How do I know that? Well, because God said to take two of every flesh onto the ark, some seven, some two, but every flesh. Well, they were flesh. They just weren't human being flesh. But they were flesh and blood. They were born under women. So they would have been on the ark too. At least two of them, a blue one and a pink one, as my buddy would say. Anyway, behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now, therefore, take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel. That's 12 tribes, 12 men, one man from each tribe. Out of every tribe, a man. 
and it shall come to pass. As soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that came down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. What? Is this a second time God is parting waters for the Israelites to walk across on dry land? Yes. Do, do a Google search and find the Jordan River. You'll find that it comes from a mountain range and goes down towards the ocean. When those priests walked into the Jordan River and stopped in the middle of the water, right then God dried it up and there's a heap there, an island right in the middle of dry land. Second time God's done that miracle. And there wasn't a strong east wind this time. He just did it because he's God. Now, you can make all kinds of arguments as to how that happened. I don't know. I'm not God. I can guess how the one happened, the one in the Red Sea, because that was the exact same time that that volcano in Santorini blew up over in Greece. And that would have called a, caused a huge tidal wave. And anybody knows anything about a tsunami, the water goes out before it comes in, right? So I can guess how that one happened. I couldn't tell you how this one happened. We're talking about a river that's contained from the mountain to the ocean. It don't stop flowing. It flows downhill. So I don't know how he did that, but he did it. And that's where we're going to stop today, on that heap, standing in the Jordan River. We'll pick up. Next Sunday, because tomorrow night I have rehearsal with my band, can't do it. So next Sunday, we'll begin the journey into Canaan together as we take over this land that God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob years and years before these people ever existed. I hope you enjoyed this read tonight. I hope that it touched your heart and caused you to be curious about the Word of God and causes you to delve deeper and ever closer to your Father. Join me as we discuss. But first, I got two things I got to do. I got to beg for money and I got to pee. So here we go. Won't you hit that subscribe button and press the bell icon so you get notifications of when I'm going to be online? Smash that like button. It's free. It's effortless. It's right in front of you, and it really does help the algorithms with the channel, and it helps us get recommended to other people. So won't you do that? Please share this video with somebody you love. Better yet, share it with somebody you don't love. Bring them into the family. Make them part of the fold. Be part of their solutions, not part of their problems. Leave comments down below. Let me know what you're thinking. Question me. Curse me. Bless me. Challenge me. Confront me. Conform with me. Drink my Kool-Aid. Make your own Kool-Aid as long as you're thinking critical, that's what I'm after. Critical thought from that brain of yours. And hey, if you love the Word of God and you can see the value in what I'm trying to build here and know that I cannot do it by myself and you'd like to support my work or if you feel led to send your tithes, offerings, or love offerings to this little ministry or if you'd just like to pat me on the back and say, hey, good job, Jake. Here's a cup of coffee. You can do that. You can support my work by going to paypal.me slash Jake Johnson Band. Or if you're a Cash App user, dollar sign Jake Johnson Band. Know that every little bit helps, and sometimes I really, really need it. God blesses those who bless His. Remember that. We live in a reciprocal universe. And now, I will round out this video by answering all of your questions and comments. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I do. But first... 
I got to go take care of some business. So bear with me. I'll be right back. Listen to this rock and roll song. tonight and good study jake thank you walter the giants yes there were dragons mermen and mermaids and different half man and half human beings yes there were something like that i don't know if they were those specific things but there were definitely chimeras in the world look at the walls of egypt if you think i'm wrong god destroyed it three times first with ice fire then water. You got that backwards. First with ice, then with water, then with fire. Fire hadn't come yet, or is coming as we speak. Did you see all the fires in Brazil in the last five years? That's about a third of the earth, isn't it? Bible says that a third of the earth will be destroyed by fire, not the whole thing. And it doesn't say it'll happen consecutively. So it may be a bunch of little fires. Did you see the one in Hollywood that made all the stars move because they lost their homes? That fire was just gobbling up neighborhoods. Great Bible study, says Bubby Watts. Thank you, sir. And that's it? That's all y'all said? April said, I understand, and whoa. Who's Mary? Thinking of Mary. Are you mean the harlot? You're thinking of Mary Magdalene? Is that what you said? What you said? Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. This woman was not. I don't think. She is historically known. Rahab is a name that is historical and biblical, right? And the studies that I've done lead me to believe that she was into textiles. She She was a businesswoman. She probably worked for the king there, but she had her own business. I don't think that makes her a harlot. I don't know why they translate that. The word doesn't mean harlot in the Greek anyway. I got to listen to earlier Bible studies. Please do. They're, I got all of them. They're right there. There's 538 videos you can watch. I'm sorry. I don't think they were human. Um. I don't think they were human. Um. Yes. You'll find that regarding Enoch. But stick... With this first, Enoch is intense. I've read Enoch and haven't even read or watched a video. It was getting scary. Yes, the book of Enoch can be scary, but the book of Enoch concerns mostly the angels and their stations, what they do and, and what, they're, what they brought to this world and the, the 
calamities that came after that. And the rest of it pretty much echoes the Bible. And at one time it was in the Bible, the book of Enoch. It used to be part of the Bible. It was the Council of Nicaea that removed it because it was a little creepy and didn't really involve salvation. And so they used anything involving salvation to be canon. Anything outside of that, they removed. So there you go. Again, I say, it's good to read those books, especially if they were once in the Bible, like the book of Jasher, which Jesus Christ would have read in his day, which is basically the first five books of Moses. Anyway, uh, but if God can inspire the word of God, surely he can edit it. So we have the book we're intended to have today. So use it for what its purpose is, because we are in the dispensation of teaching right now. The next dispensation will be the dispensation of grace, which is the return of Christ. We're not there yet. We still have a bunch to learn. So get with the program, put your nose in the book, let's go. I have faith in you. Dana says, Amalekites, Hittites, Jebusites, and much, much more. Mm -hmm. Nine tribes of offspring of the Nephilim. Some are Raphium, which means land of the dead. Some are Nephilim, which means the fallen ones. The word, the letters I-M on the end of a word like cherubim, Nephilim, Raphium, that just means plural. So Raphium, the word would be Rapha, the dead, or land of the dead. Nepha means fallen. See what I'm saying? I-M just means more than one. Cherubim is more than one angel. Cherub is one angel. Hope that helps. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Much love. Hit the like button, says April. <coughs> Sub, share, and come on back tomorrow night at 8.30. It's going to be great. Not tomorrow night. I got rehearsal. It'll be next Sunday. Unfortunately, for the next four Mondays, two now, the next two Mondays I'll be doing rehearsal. It's the only day we can do it, so something I had to give, and that's money that's guaranteed so I got to do that. Now, if you want to pay me, I'll push. Lizarine says, am I saying your name right? Is that Lizarine? Are you sure he hasn't destroyed a third with some fervent heat already? I said that. It could have already happened. I asked this because of all the melted looking places we see all over. The yeah. Well, I am sure that some of that fire has already occurred. I'm not sure all of it has occurred. What I'm saying is I think it's an ongoing process. It took a while to flood the earth, too. Noah and his family were on that ark for a year. So, thanks, Dana Love. I appreciate that, says April. Not human morals, right? Right. Dana, yes. Im indicates plural. Yes. Oh, my bad, says April. I did get it backwards. Well, that's all right. Walter says, when Enoch was in the Bible, you got lit up for saying the word was round heresy. Yeah, um... Some people thought that the, the teaching of the angels might be a little heretical concerning Christ, in which it is. But it's not about Christ. It's about the angels. It's what Enoch saw while he was alive. 
had nothing to do. This is before Abraham. Understand? So the book, the canon really starts with Abraham. Abraham being the patriarch of the 12 tribes. Through him came all 12 tribes. His sons, Isaac and Jacob, had more sons, 12 among the two. Uh, six each, I guess. I don't know how it shakes out, but those two sons had 12 sons, and those 12 sons had nations because they were really horny in those days and lived a long time, had a lot of time to make babies. That's all I'm saying. But before Abraham, there was a whole world that happened. Did you know that Methuselah was Adam's granddaddy? I mean, vice versa. Adam was Methuselah's granddaddy. And they were both alive at the same time. Did you know that? Noah is seven generations from Adam. They were alive at the same time. Those people died in the flood, though. But Enoch, I meant Enoch, not Noah. I'm sorry. Enoch is seven generations from Adam. I do that sometimes. You have to forgive me. I'll catch it if I catch it. If I don't, just correct me. Um, <clears throat> I got a lot going on, and it ain't always coming out smoothly. But there were two Enochs, yes. There were also two Amaleks, which is not to say that Tubal-Cain's daddy was not the same as Methuselah's daddy, or whoever it was. I can't remember now. But there are two, yeah. Enoch is a popular name. One was the son of Cain, yes. And the second was the son of Jared, Jared being the one who was related to Adam. You're absolutely right. Thank you for that. Yes, that's what all those genealogies are about in the Bible. If you want to question me, read those. Now, you're going to get bored, and you're going to give up. Do it again. Try to get a little further. Then when you get all the way through it, you'll be like, I finally read all that enormous amount of names that I cannot pronounce. I'm done. But then this little thing will start messing with you. And you're like, wait a minute. Did I just read Amalek's name twice? Is that Tubal Cain's father or is that such and such's father? Can't remember, but you, you get my point. Then you go back and look and you'll find out. Well, for starters, Cain is not in Adam's genealogy. Why? Well, neither is Abel. Seth is. Abel died before he had children, so he wouldn't be in Adam's genealogy. Cain didn't die. Cain went on and had many children. They built cities. That's what they did. They were construction workers. Tubal Cain was an iron worker, artificer in brass and iron, who was a descendant of Cain who was a descendant of, not Adam, because he's not Adam's son. How did I get that? Well, if you read Genesis, it says that the serpent beguiled Eve. What does that word mean? It means to wholly seduce. There's only one thing that means. They had sex. I hate to tell you, the fruit was not an apple. It was sperm. Now, is that even possible? Didn't I read that Cain and Abel were twins? She bare Cain and said, this is a son from God. And then again, bare Abel. Yes, you did read that. 
And yes, she said that, but she was incorrect. It's not a son from God. It's a son from Satan. How do I know that? It's called parthenogenesis. It's also the process by which a woman can become pregnant without having had sex. It's not likely, but it's possible. Ask a doctor if you think I'm wrong. Now, DNA is like making a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy on an old copying machine. Every copy gets a little weaker and a little harder to read until you've just got a white piece of paper. That's how DNA works. Adam and Eve were the source of DNA, which means anything that's possible in our DNA was likely with them. So parthenogenesis. She had two children, two sires, one mother. Dogs do it all the time. People used to be able to do it. They can't do it now because our DNA is so thin. But back then, our DNA was perfect, and she was able to do so. <laughs> Hope that helps. I love it when I talk about this, too, because people always think I'm wrong. And they always, How dare you say that they had sex with a third party? They didn't have a menage a trois in Genesis. Read it. Read it right now. Go read it. Six pages in. All you got to do. You tell me what you think it says. God said, I'll put enmity between thy seed and her seed. Who's her? That would be Eve. Who's he? That would be Cain. Nope, not Cain, because he's innocent. So who are they talking about? Enmity. Enmity means sin. Who's the sin here? Satan. And then he says, he shall bruise thy heel, but you shall bruise his head. Who's he? Are we talking about Satan? No, we're talking about Jesus. Whose head gets bruised? Satan's. Whose heel gets bruised? Jesus's. That's in Genesis, 4,000 years before it happened. You follow me? Think about it. April says, what's going on in Boston? I don't know. I hadn't heard. Bubby Watts, old news, but did you hear about that Satan con in Boston? That's what's going on in Boston, apparently. Uh, such disgusting times right now, yes. Well, that's all over the place, man. It's in music videos. It's in movies. There's been symbolism in movies so long that I can't even remember a movie that didn't have an agenda. Dana says, genealogies are very important to study. They are not boring. They are miserably boring, I hate to tell you. But they are very important. And if you can draw them out on a graph, it will clear up a lot of questions people have. Thankfully, there's a guy named Kent Hoven that already did that. And it cost about five bucks to buy one of his little charts. Go buy one. It's worth it because you can look down and read where people's lives started and ended and who they belong to. And it makes it so much easier to understand that portion of the Bible. And he did all the work for you. So just go buy his little placemat. It costs too much for a piece of plastic, but it's worth having that knowledge. Thanks for your time. See you next Sunday. God bless you and keep you, and may your audition be fruitful. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Lisa Reen. Come back anytime. You're welcome here. If you come back more than once, you're ours. If God thought genealogies were not important, he would not put them in his word for us to read. I agree. Two seeds. That's right. Two seeds. Not one. But that would be the fruit that they're talking about when they said they partook of the fruit 
of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Well, the knowledge of good and evil comes from Satan. He wants you to be like God's. He wants the scales to fall away from your eyes so that you can see what God sees. Here's the problem with that. A little bit of knowledge is dangerous. Even in the study of the Word of God, you'll get to a point where you know so much that you start doubting everything. When you start to see all the bullshit and all the things that people have done all over the world, and you'll get to that point. I wrestled with it for about 10 years. Atheism. Just throw my hands up. I can't believe any of this nonsense. That's a little knowledge. A little more knowledge, and you can get through that, and then you begin to really see what's behind that. And the more you learn, the more you get closer to God, the harder it is to hold on to your salvation because the more you understand both sides of the coin. Ignorance is bliss. God wants you to be like a child in Christ. He wants you to not know a thing. How do I know this is true? Because he says, beware of vain imaginations or it will be your destruction. In Babylon, he says, if I don't intervene right now, there's nothing they won't be able to do. I have to separate everybody because they're working on something now they're not supposed to be able to do. In the Garden of Eden, who told you you were naked? Where is your brother? His blood calls out from the ground. Why do you know that you're naked? And by the way, if you ate an apple, why didn't you put fig leaves over your mouth instead of your private parts? Just asking. Anyway, be like a child in Christ. Don't be so fast to get so smart that you destroy yourself is all I'm saying. Use wisdom when you approach God. That's not to say you shouldn't. You absolutely should. But use caution and wisdom when you do. And always let God be the leader. Always give obeisance to him. Bow your head to him. You are not smarter than he is. You don't know more than he does. It's as simple as that. You never will, if that makes any sense. Again, for newcomers, I'm not yelling at you. Don't take it that way. I'm just expounding what pops into my head because that's the deal I have with God. He tells me what to say, and I say it. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know who I'm directing that at. I don't even know if it's important. That's what popped in my head. That's what I say. Simple. Yes, we are descendants from Adam's son, firstborn Seth, correct? Not firstborn was Cain. Secondborn, Abel. Thirdborn, Seth. Seth is through Christ. Seth is the beginning of the bloodline from Adam. So it's Adam, Seth, on to Christ. And through that bloodline comes Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Solomon, all those guys. Every every person that takes a lead role in this story as we go forward, Joshua, Moses, Noah, all of these people are in that bloodline. You understand? Other families come weaving in and out of that bloodline, but all the main characters of the Bible are a member of one family. And that's the tribe of Judah at the end. So it starts with Adam, it ends with Judah, right? That's the bloodline of Seth. There are other families. There's 11 other families in that family. But the one that goes through Christ is the tribe of Judah. So I hope that helps. And there are also lots of other people on earth other than those 12 tribes. God said, let there be light. God said, 
let the waters come away from the land. I'm paraphrasing. God said, let there be man, male and female. He created them. Got it? Then he said, let there be the man, which is Adam. That's the second time. So did he create man twice? Is he repeating himself? What's going on here? No. The first word is eth ha-adam in the, in the Hebrew. That means the people of the earth. The next word is adam, which means the man. And the word Adam transliterated means to show blood in the face or to be ruddy complected. So he's a redhead, not brown, like some people think. Dag, I'm going to excuse the typos. That's all right. Regarding the Satan con. Oh, yeah, I understand that. Um, I don't know much about it because I don't follow Satan. But I do know that they do that sort of thing. It's in White House. It's in, uh, you know, movies. It's in movies. I mean, it's in music. It's in politics. It's in just about everything. It's in schools. You have to really try to avoid Satan these days. He's everywhere. God urges us to be not ignorant, but as smart as snakes are, yet harmful as a dove. Think about that statement for a minute, Dana. <coughs> Trying to scroll up, see what I missed. Thankfully, there's a video of someone preaching the gospel at the connection at the convention up in Boston. Thank God for that. And the mayor of Boston allegedly has no involvement with it. And I doubt that very seriously. She probably exacerbated it. John 1.5, And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That's true, but that means a lot more than just be smart. Jake, read my earlier message. I'm working on it. I'm trying to find it. What What did you say? You might need to write it again. I, I might have missed it. Let me look. I'm from up north, so seeing that Satan con BS made me even more sick. Yes, I hear you. I don't see any other statement. What did I miss? It was about the Satan con. Already read it. I did already read it. Okay. Good deal. Glad I didn't miss it. Okay. That statement about the light shining in the darkness, that is proof of free will. Um, you know, the yin-yang, the, the circle with the line through it that has a black side and a white side and a white dot and a black dot. That is the universal symbol for the balance between light and darkness, between good and evil, between any dichotomy, up, down, left, right, Coke, Pepsi, you name it. As the world turns or guiding light, there's a dichotomy in everything. God created the world that way so that you could have a choice. Because if you don't have a choice, if God just created you to worship him, which is what some people I've heard, some people say, why didn't he just create us all to worshiping? Then we wouldn't have all these problems. Well, if he did that, it wouldn't be free. It wouldn't be real. It'd be fake. It'd be programmed. That's a robot, not a human being. 
you have a soul, you have a spirit that he created with the host in the beginning, and he put it into this flesh so that you could have a blank slate with no knowledge of what happened before and make a choice. You can sail that seven seas or you can drive your ship right into the rocks. Either way, you're the captain. You make the decisions and God will let you do it. That's why we have so much trouble and sin in the world. But without that, light has no value. Light means nothing in the absence of darkness. You must have darkness for light to matter. That's the real truth. (coughs) Let me do the teaching, Dana. But yes, you're absolutely right. God does want us to come to the faith as little children would. That's what I meant when I said that. Yet this verse does not indicate any shape or form that God wants us to be ignorant. I didn't say ignorant. I said childlike. Ignorance is not a sin. Ignorance is also bliss. These are two statements that are common nomenclature. Meaning that if you approach things as a child, to be childlike in Christ is what I said. That means to approach Christ as if you were a little child. Why would that be significant? Because Christ himself said that if anybody hurts one of these little children, it'd be better for them to tie a millstone about their neck and cast themselves into the ocean. In other words, if I get my hands on them, they're going to pay a price they wish they drowned instead of getting. Now, do you want to be one of those little children or do you want to know more than the average bear? Because it has its price. All I'm trying to instruct you in, I'm not telling you to be dumb. I'm telling you to be childlike. Because if you take a stance of a person of knowledge, you're going to pay a price for that. It's not free. Trust me, I know. It costs to know more than you should know. Ignorance is bliss. Children don't fear what adults fear because they don't know it exists. It doesn't affect their life. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said that ignorance is bliss. I did say ignorance is bliss, but I didn't invent the, the, the statement. Ignorance is bliss. Bliss is unyielding happiness without consequence. That's what bliss is. Cocaine also provides that, just so you know, <clears throat> for a little while anyway. It also has its costs, though. Bliss tends to be expensive. That's all I'm saying. But so is knowledge. That's why you should rely on a pastor to teach you the Word of God rather than you doing it yourself. That's why we exist. Why? Am I telling you to not learn for yourself? No. The first thing I said in this video was don't listen to any man, not even this one. Let me guide you, but you look for yourself. I said that, didn't I? You have to take everything I say into context, and I jump around a lot, so stay with me. You must do your own research. You must read and comprehend. If you get stuck, I'll, I'll push you through it. If I say something you already know, just nod in agreement and wait till I say something you don't know. That being said, knowledge is expensive, and it will hurt you. I'm telling you now, if you don't believe me, read Start at Samuel. 
We'll get there eventually. But go ahead and do it yourself if you want to. Start with 1 Samuel. Read about Saul. But just before Saul, God said, I want to be your God. And people said, we want a God. We, I mean, we want a king that we can touch. I meant king, not God. I want to be your king, says God. And we want a king we can touch, meaning we want a king we can influence. That's what they meant. We want to be able to convince him to do stuff because we don't see God at this time. They used to, but not now. God washed his hands of people a long time ago because of the, the, their sin, but he's still communicating with them at this point. But then he goes into this tirade and lists out all the things that are going to happen if you have a king. I'm trying to give you freedom, says God. I'm trying to give you libertatum, liberty, the freedom to make your own choices, the freedom to stand untyrannized, the freedom to speak. That's what I'm trying to give you. But you want a king. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen if you have a king. First thing he's going to do is take your sons away from you. He's going to take your land and your money. He's going to can't talk to that. He's going to conscript your children into wars that you don't want to have any part of. He's going to tax you beyond belief. He's going to make you do things you don't want to do. He's going to change the rules to suit his own meanings. He's going to become corrupt, and he's going to ultimately fall. That's what's going to happen if I appoint a king for you. But if that's what you want, so be it. I want to be your king, says God. I want to lead you, says God. Loami, Miami in the Greek. I will be your God and you will be my people. That's what the whole Bible is about. That's what he wants. That's why you're here. He wants you to choose to lead by his example. To follow God. To be obeisant. To be subordinate. Willingly. Humble yourself before God. Let him be the king. That's what he wants. That's what he's always wanted. Now, did they, did they do that? No. They kept whining and complaining and moaning and coming up with excuses and, until God finally said, you want a king? So be it. And look at this world. Look at the world you live in right now. Look at your president. Look at your ruler. Look at your leader, your prime minister, wherever you're at in the world. Do you think you got it made? Do you think this is God's kingdom on earth? Look at Canaan. It's a desert. Nothing grows there. If it's there, they brought it there because those people would not follow God's lead. You don't have much time left. Wake up, America and the rest of the world. Understand, you have to listen at some point. Understand, you have to understand what God is asking of you. He's real. You think he's not? Make me a rose or a seed. But you can't use anything that's already here. You got to make your own. Make your own dirt. Make your own materials. You can't. That's how I know. Hope that helps somebody. Sorry, I get excited. I wish I was ignorant of all Satan Con and other crap in the world going on, but I am not. So ignorance can be bliss. There you go. 
Hi, Jake. Branded, April, Dana, Bubby Watts, Lisa Reen, Kevin, Boo, Fab, Walter Davis. Good to see you, my friend. Did I miss anything relevant? I mean, you can't have good without evil and evil without good. Correct. I want the Supernatural TV series con here in Florida. I'll pray for you, April. <laughs> I read that one, I think. Yep, yep, yep. Branded. Good to see you, buddy. I didn't, you snuck up on me. And I said your name a minute ago and didn't even realize it. Hey, Jake and everyone, been watching on TV but not feeling well. Well, we'll say a prayer for you, buddy. I hope you get to feeling better. Well enough to engage in the chat. Starting to get better, but still sick. Blessings over you guys. Blessings over you, Brandon. God bless you and God keep you. And if you need anything, holler. Here's my email address if you need anything. Right here. <coughs> the older we get... <laughs> we get wiser sometimes not always just from life's challenges lol says Lizarine. yeah i get a little carried away i apologize i see fan man says walter hi branded good to see you love says april branded says hieroglyphics i was driving and then doing dishes finally ready to sit down Brandon says, I've been feeling like Job the past few weeks. God, I hope not. You know, his skin turned black and fell off. I hope you're not feeling like Job. That man couldn't move. Oh, Brandon, I understand, love. I was trying for me. It was trying for me, too. I think everyone has been stressed this week. Has it been a particularly stressful week? I apologize. Yes. God told Samuel they reject me to be their king. Samuel warned the people what will happen to them when they wanted to be like other nations and have a king. Yes. And guess what happened to them? Exactly what God said would happen to them. Had they been childlike and let God lead them, that wouldn't have happened. But people are ignorant, unfortunately. Ignorant. Not the good ignorant, the bad ignorant. That's right on, Walter. I used to be an atheist until I saw that evil truly exists and how much there is in the world. And when you saw that, I'm sure you realized if there's evil, there has to be good somewhere. That dichotomy, that yin-yang, is how you know God is real. That's the struggle, the wrestling with God, that the word Israel means to wrestle with God. If you're not struggling with it, if you're not questioning it, pushing on it, and analyzing it, you're not doing it right. That alone was enough to bring me back to believing. Thank you, Bubby Watts. I appreciate that. Brandon said, thank you, Jake. Brandon, you're welcome, my son. My friend. I said son. I didn't mean to. Slipped out. I love it, Jake. I love you, too. Bubby? It's not the atheist, it's the Satanist. Correct. Hey, that's there's wisdom in that statement, Walter. Let me ask you a question. 
Do you think God cares if you believe in him? How many people do you think don't believe in God throughout history? I'd say a large portion of them. Do you think that has anything to do with whether or not God exists? You think you're going to meet him when you die? Doesn't matter if you believe in him. He'll straighten you out when you see him. Now, if you choose to worship a false god, especially that one, that matters. Don't do that. Commandment number one is commandment number one for a reason. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me, period. You understand? Not one. That mean gods aren't real? No. There are some. They're not real in the sense that God is real. They're created by man, most of them. But there are some that exist, like fallen angels, that we call gods. Why we call them that, I don't know. But I always stress the lowercase g. They are not the god. They're a god. That's a different thing. And uh, God don't want you worshiping them either. Remember when the angels appeared to Enoch in the book of Enoch or to any of the people they appeared to in the, in the word? What did the first thing they say? Get up. Don't worship me. Be not afraid. I'm a friend. Think about that. Everybody's reaction when meeting an angel is to fall on their face to worship, and they always get them up. Don't do that. I'm no different than you are. Not all atheists are bad, Walter Davis, but a lot of bad comes from atheism. That's true. Also, a lot of wisdom in that statement. One of my favorite atheists is Penn Gillette. You know why? Because I heard that man say he would be offended if you didn't proselytize. Huh? I thought you were an atheist. Well, I am. I don't believe in God, says Penn Gillette. Now, why would you want somebody to proselytize? Well... It's as simple as this. If I truly believed that there was a heaven and a hell, if I truly believed that God was going to judge me for my sins and I didn't say anything to you who don't know that, that would make you a hypocrite. And also, if you're standing in the road and I'm hollering at you, hey, a truck's coming and you don't hear me, at some point I'm going to tackle you to get you out of the way of that truck because I know it's coming, but you don't. That's a smart atheist right there. That's an atheist that has left the door open for God. That means he can still be saved. That's why he's my favorite atheist. I take the Soviet Union, for example. A lot of bad happens in the name of atheism. A lot of bad happens in the name of Christianity, too, unfortunately. But it ain't anywhere in the teachings, just so you know. That ain't what God wanted. If I could list the different things, says Branded, that I've gone through in the past weeks, you would understand, LOL. Even a boil on my back the size of a 50-cent piece. It's been trying, but God is good always. I'm sorry you're going through a rough time, Branded, and I do understand. I could tell you some horror stories, too, but we're not going to compare penis sizes. Just know that God has your back and that the only reason you go through trials and tribulations and troubles is to strengthen you, to make you whole. You cannot make a sword 
a shining work of art without first pulverizing the earth and smashing it to smithereens into dust and then putting it into a crucible and catching it on fire to about 4,500 degrees and then pouring it out as a sheet and then beating it with a hammer until all of the impurities are gone out of it and smashing it over and over and over and over as you fold it and beat it some more. And then when you finally get it roughly into the shape, you dash it into cold water, which shocks the hell out of it. And then you can sharpen it and polish it and smooth it and shape it until it is a beautiful, sharp work of art. But first, it was just a rock that you had to pulverize. Think about that. I'm sure that's painful, too. Keep your expectations low and your gratitude high. You will have pretty good days. Walter? Yes, sir. Ray Wiley Hubbard. Mother's Blues. That's a good one. Penn is a pretty cool guy. He is a pretty cool guy. I don't agree with him on almost anything, but I like him. I've been under a health attack, no doubt. But it drove me closer to the Father. So the devil didn't get his desire for me to get angry with God. Don't get angry with God. God ain't causing your problems. I promise you that. God left all decisions in your, your capable hands or others around you. They're causing your problems, or you are, but he's not. You know the dangers of this world. Like this, people always get on to me about, or they don't always, but sometimes they get on to me about smoking. And I say, would you prefer I pretend not to smoke? Would that make you think I'm more pious or trust what I'm saying anymore? I smoke. I mean, I am who I am. I also am aware of what smoking does to the human body. It's my choice. That choice is a stupid choice, but it's the choice I made. I was 13 when I made it. I'm not claiming to be smart at 13. And now I'm too far down the rabbit hole to turn back, but, you know, whatever. My mama didn't raise no quitter. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, sometimes ignorance is just ignorance. You know what I'm saying? April, I just ordered our pizza. Come on over, Jake, and have some. Well, I'd love to, but I don't have any brakes on my motorcycle, and I'm dog broke, so no pizza for me tonight. I did, however, manage to scrape up a grilled cheese sandwich to eat, so we're good. Been there, Branded. Bubby Watts, for sure, Jake. President Bush said he invaded Iraq because he said that God told him to, not to get political. Hey. <coughs> I'm a Trump supporter, so, you know. Listen, if God told that man to go into Iraq, then so be it. He didn't tell me, though. I can't presume to think or say what God said unless it's written in the Bible. Now, that's what it means to take the Lord's name in vain, by the way, to claim he told you to do something he did not tell you to do. I would presume, like with Israel, that when God told them to go to war, everybody knew it. Everybody. I would presume that. I don't know for sure. Maybe God has a direct line to the White House. I don't know. But I didn't hear it. 
and I'm an American. So, and also, don't see the Ark of the Covenant anywhere. Think about it. <clears throat> That's a fact, Jake. I believe that, not complaining, but saying that God is faithful even in the storms. I know. Sometimes I say things that are for other people when I'm responding to something you said. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here other than repeat whatever pops into my head. So that's what I do. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. But it's always what pops in my head. You're getting it earnest from the source. No filter. But I don't necessarily mean it directly at you. I know what you're going through. And I know you know what you're going through. I'm sure you've had conversations with God about it. I don't need to tell you how to handle that. But somebody might need to know. That's why this channel is here. It's for everybody. <clears throat> Dana, it has to go through a fire to be purified. Now you're getting it. But, uh, Walter says, Bubby, before Bush attacked Iraq, Christians were protected after they were hunted down. Very few there now. Well, listen... Saddam Hussein was definitely a dictator and a tyrant, but he kept that land under control. And that hadn't been under control since they killed him. It's been wild, like the Wild West. So is it really better? Couldn't we have just left him there and let him do his thing to his people who chose to be there? Sometimes people are deceived, true. Take, for example, Muhammad. I don't want to get into that. I've already told you where that came from. I don't need to repeat it. But if you need me to, I will. But I'm not going to get into the Islam thing because that ain't what I teach. But I will say this. I said it Wednesday, I believe I said it, or it might have been Friday. But I'll say it again. Jacob, who was the son of Abraham, had two children at first. One was Ishmael and the other was Isaac. Well, Ishmael was to a handmaid of his wife, who at the time could not get pregnant. So she gave him her handmaid, and he made her pregnant. But then his wife got jealous because he loved his son. But his son wasn't from that bloodline because it was his wife who was the descendant of Seth, not him. Understand? Or whatever. I may have that backwards. Anyway, there's a reason... I just can't think of what it is unless it's that that uh it was okay for his wife to get jealous. And it may just be that that he was married to her, so it's her right to be jealous. Maybe that. I don't know. Nonetheless, the son and the handmaid got sent off to another land and he paid for them to survive a, a good ways. I don't know how much money he sent them in after that, but he made sure they didn't leave with nothing. Right. But they went on. Isaac, the son that eventually was born to his wife, became the seed that led on to Jesus. This happens two or three times in the Old Testament, by the way. Uh, weird things occur to cause people to be born like Rebecca. You know, that sort of thing happened. And who wasn't exactly an Israelite, but still very important. Anyway, point is, is the Christian faith comes from Isaac onward 
the Muslim faith comes from Ishmael onward. And so now you see why those two religions who started in the same family split up. That's all I'll say on that subject. <coughs> Pardon me. All I'll say is that I don't mock other religions. I know some Muslims in my college, they are respectful to me and my religion, so I will be to theirs. Well, they do respect Jesus, and they see him as a prophet. They just don't see him as the Messiah. They do say, say peace be with him, and they do high, hold him in high regard. They just don't think he's the Messiah. This is the same problem the Jews have, by the way. They don't think he's the Messiah either, which is why they killed him. However, they're all wrong, and that's going to be a problem for them in, in someday. That being said, except for what Islam really says, you should always respect other people's belief systems. That's their belief systems. They believe it like you believe yours, and they're people, so... As long as they're breathing, they have a chance to come to God. So you always want to be ready to answer their questions, is what I'm saying. But never turn anybody away who you know is a sinner. Muhammad is a descendant of Ishmael. Right, I just said that. I have very good friends of other religions, including Muslims. Okay, it's fine with me. I have some too. And I'll tell them they're wrong, too. And I'll show them but that don't mean they'll believe it. And also, know what you are to them. Know that they have permission to kill you if it benefits them. Know that you are held in lower regard than other humans to them. Trust me on this. If you don't believe me, read their books. I used to know the term, but I've forgotten it now. But uh, there is a word for it. What the, the Jews use the word shiksa. They use a different word, but it means the same thing. All right, we have reached the top of the hour. That's two full hours I gave you tonight because you're such a good chat and you're really popping off the questions in the comments and I really love it. And if you got more, keep them coming, because I ain't got nowhere else to be, but, you know. Plus, I like a lot of Muslim athletes, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's fine. There's no harm in that. Just don't follow their ways. Simple as that. God said to keep the religions separate. That's what he meant by saying not going outside of your kind. It's not a race thing. It's a religion thing. You're not supposed to marry strange women, for example. That means a religion of another kind, a woman who believes another god. Can't You're not supposed to do that. Why? Because she's your woman, and you're ultimately going to let her influence you, and then you are going to sin because of her, and that's a bad thing. Always marry within your kind, religiously speaking. And Muhammad Ali, Walter says, you have to respect the fact that all Muslims are true monotheists. Many Christians pray to many saints. Not quite monotheistic. Well, I got some news for you. Those aren't Christians. They claim to be, but they're not. Got some other news for you. Everywhere around the world where you see Jews calling themselves Jews, they're not of the tribe of Judah, which means they're not Jews. 
There's a lot of fake stuff in the world. Be cautious of it, but be aware of it. And know that just because somebody says, I'm a Christian, though I kneel and pray to a woman, that don't make you a Christian. You're a Christian if you are of Christ, period. That being said, all things fair in love and war, Christ himself said, if they're not against us, then they're for us. So, as long as they believe in God, it's not like they're enemies. But just know the difference. Thanks for your time sharing God's word with everyone, Jake. You're certainly welcome, Brandon. Anytime, it's my pleasure and my honor to do so. I've enjoyed listening, Jake. How about a song, love? Not tonight. Tonight, the Bible study. I'll do it uh, Wednesday and give you all you want. Walter says, agreed, Jake. Thank you for this fellowship, Jake. Have a blessed week. You too, a dog named Boo. And uh, may your prayers be answered. That's all right. Amen. Well, it's all right, Mama. My church's young adults program was talking about a cult that believes that Jesus has a wife. Yeah, there's that too. They're, they're out there. Jesus was not married to Mary Magdalene or anybody else. He died perfect, which means he never had sex. Would it bother me if Jesus had children? No, it wouldn't. That wouldn't change a thing to me. He's a man. Seems like what men should do. But he didn't. He was pure. That's why he stands apart from everybody else. Pure. He didn't make the mistakes that man makes. He was tempted in the desert. He passed that test and every other test, including death. Jesus was perfect. You cannot be. Nor I. But there are people that believe that he had children with Mary Magdalene, and that's what the word means, Holy Grail, which in, in French means Holy Bloodline. Sang Grail, if you move the G from one word to the other, it means two different things. And it's nonsense. It wasn't written in French. Come on, people. French is a cumulative language that came from one of the seven languages from Babylon. Not the other way. Why is the PayPal in the description box not highlighted? I don't know how to highlight it. I don't know how to send you help. It doesn't mean doesn't need to enter. Here's how you do it. Go up to your browser and type in paypal.me slash Jake Johnson band. Or if you're a cash app user, just open up cash app and go to dollar sign Jake Johnson band. Look for the yellow J. Either way, you can send me some love and I would greatly appreciate it because I am in need, but that's entirely up to you and God. This is a free show. If you want to support, you can, and that's how. PayPal.me slash Jake Johnson Band, all one word, J-A-K-E-J-O-H-N-S-O-N-B-A-N-D. Like this. Right down here. And I'll even give you this, just because you even asked about it. Here you go. BJ, that's me. Lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. I got my own theme song. If I die before I wake, VJ. I've been a good dog. Right through it all. Kibbles and bits and bits and bits. 
If I die before Yep, you know me. Alright, that's good enough for that. I hope that was entertaining for you. Let me, says Dana. I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you very much. Jesus himself told us not to be deceived by anyone. He told us that for a reason. That is why we need discernment, which is to open your eyes and your ears. Have ears to hear and eyes to see. That is correct, Brandon. You are very astute. The Orthodox churches believe he was a man that was perfect, and upon being baptized, God chose him to be the Christ. Incorrect. Sorry. Says it in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, they should know better. Bubby Watts says, gotta go, Jake. Thanks for the steam. Thanks for the stream. And see you next week. Bubby Watts, you be careful out there. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for hanging out with us all this far. Good songs, says Walter Davis. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. It's my theme song. They're talking, they wrote that about me, don't you know? Anyway, I was saying something. I forgot what it was. I interrupted myself. Oh, yeah. Christ was created in the beginning. As you know, that when Christ was on this earth and the Pharisees were trying to trip him up, trick him, and they said something to him about, you know, whatever, Melchizedek, I can't remember exactly what they said, but his answer was, they were talking about Abraham and his teaching. That's what they were talking about. And he answered them and said, before Abraham was, I am, period. What? That's not even a, a right sentence. That doesn't, work in Hebrew, or Greek, for that matter. Did Jesus just make a mistake in his grammar? No. He was making a statement in his grammar that they understood. Remember, the Pharisees are Bible lawmen, Bible lawyers. They're scholars. They know the word inside and out. Here's the problem. I am that I am is God's name. That's that secret name that nobody can pronounce, Yahweh that word that isn't to be spoken. You understand? Christ said, I am God, and I was that before Abraham existed. That was out of his mouth, and it ain't the only time he said it. So Christ is God. So Christ, the flesh, was made by Mary and God in whatever it was, 33 A.D. or whatever. I don't know what, when he was born. Somewhere back there. B.C., not A.D. Before Christ. Anyway, the Word, Christ's physical representation of the Word, the spoken language, was created in the beginning. Read the Bible. It says it. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And what? The Word was God. Who's the Word? Christ is the Word. The Bible says He is the Word. The Bible says He's the truth, the life, and the way. You can't get to the Father but through me. Why? Because I am the Father. That's This is the only direction you can go. Think about it. 
born year zero, died year 33. There you go. Actually, it's not quite that. It's a little... The reason I screwed up is because I don't remember exactly what the number is, but it's something like... Like, they started counting, like, at the first census rather than his birth. Something like that. So it's like he was born in, like, 3 B.C. or something, whatever it is. I don't remember what it is, but it's not zero, like you would think it would be, but it's not. He died, like, 30 B.C. or something. I can't remember exactly. You have to go look it up, but it's something weird. Or born 33 B.C. and died zero. Yeah, it's not that. It should be that, but it's, like, I think he died in 3 B.C. I think that's what it is. 3 B.C., I think that's the number. Go look, check me out. If I'm, if I'm wrong, let me know, but I think that's what it is. 3 A.D. Sorry, not B.C. Jake, you're hilarious. I love you. Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate you. I'm trying to be. Night, buddy. Bubby. Good night, baby love. Bubby watch Sweet Dreams, says April. And Moses said, who are you? And God said, I am that I am. Not I am great I am. That was uh, the guy in The King and I. You got you got your uh, Ben-Hur and your King and I. You got a little King and I and your Ben-Hur there. He said, I am that I am. Tell them that's who sent you. That means I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am, period. I exist. I'm here. I'm everything. What God meant by his name. Kevin needs prayer also. We all do. Well, you have it. You have my prayer. I pray before every episode, and I pray for you. April and Kevin, prayers, 100% hearts. Stupid Catholic Church scholars screwed it up. Yes, they do. <laughs> Terribly. It's terrible. The Catholics are terrible. Don't listen to anything they say. They're horrible. They're not Christians. They are, in fact, idolaters. Be kind and rewind and love each other. Y'all, I'm driving home now saying goodbye and good night. Goodbye and good night. We love you and thank you for your patronage. And we'll see you next time, honey. Good night, April. Thanks, Jake, Brandon, everyone. I pray for everyone. Thank you. I need all the prayer I can get. And thank you guys for making the chat so popular tonight. I appreciate that. And I appreciate all you new subscribers. Thank you for coming. By the way, if you haven't done so, go over to rumble.com slash untethered live and press the follow button over there so I can get out from under YouTube. That would be lovely. I appreciate it. And now it is 10, 12, and it's time to go to bed because I got to get up and go to work in the morning. I love you true. God bless you all. Thank you so much for being here. I mean that. Thank you for everything you've contributed. Thank you for keeping me honest and straight. Thank you for questioning me. Thank you for being here. And most of all, thank you for watching.